Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to What the What? I am Eric Cream of the Crop Creech. And joining me today, my broadcast colleague, the king of the pod, Kyle Whitley. Oh, yeah. Here we are. Oh my goodness! And look, we've we got the network connection low on our Facebook. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if that's because of all the yelling, probably, or is. if that's because of we're just you know bad I, internet. I have too much energy for Facebook. Whoa, my goodness! Um, how the heck are you, my friend? Doing great. How about you? I'm doing fantastic. Don't hit too hard. You'll knock over the Funko Pops. They can stand up. No, they're standing now. We want them to not fall down. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Should have kept them in the box thing because Ric Flair's not going anywhere. Yeah, and he's in a box. That's right. He is in a box, but you know he's not falling. But me, you know me, I'm someone who wants to get the toys out and play with them. So mm. I mean, that's literally what this Let is. Let them breathe. So you yeah. ever watch that Zack Ryder and the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast? No, you should. They, he goes and collects all – like, Zack Ryder has one of the largest – Oh, I'm, I, uh, I do know this, that, yes. but I've never watched or seen any of his you stuff. You should watch all the YouTube videos. I mean, I don't watch his wrestling matches. Why would I watch anything else? Oh, oh come that, on. That's mean come of me. On. I'm sorry. But you should watch his uh, YouTube channel because he really does – he goes to, like, a storage unit and buys – I can't remember that dude's name, but he buys uh, figures out of his dude's storage unit and uh, – Doing good, Lee. How are you doing? Sorry, yeah. folks, on the other, if you're listening to the podcast on Monday, we are also on Facebook Live and also recording for YouTube. So yep. Multiple pro- b- uh, platforms here. So, yeah. Yeah. We're here. We are here. Uh, it is hot in this room. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a beautiful day. You like that? Little, that was nice. That was nice. And uh, we need to decide on one of two things. We either need to invest in outdoor equipment so we can record outside. Okay. Or we need to have these this thing like later at night, so it's you know the outdoors is not tempting us. Maybe we should just start doing it at your house where the air conditions on. That's true. I guess. Maybe. Either way, maybe. Although I do like, I mean, even if the air conditioning's on, though, the outdoor is outdoors are still pretty. I mean, that doesn't. That's true. Change the fact. So. We'll open a window then. Yeah, maybe. We'll so this is too late, but I had thought about how cool it would have been to do the entire podcast as like a wrestling promo. I mean, like, that was kind of what my intro was like, you know. Interview. But we've stopped this. We're yeah. we're just normal talking now. I'm saying if like we would have just. I don't know if I know, could have done that the whole time. I it mean, would be a test to see what we're capable of. I mean, well, who would you have? Who would you have done your voice in or your your promo? Style I would switch. In? It wouldn't be one person. I'd swap it up. You'd swap it up. I think I would try to do mine as The Rock the whole time. But then The Rock had a vulgar mouth, and we are a family-friendly show. That's so true. I probably couldn't have done The Rock or Steve Austin. or. Um, you have to go old school, where they just yell and talk about random things. It would be like Vader. Yeah. You know, Vader had some of the best promos on Bull Meets World I've ever seen. That's true. So. And uh, Ultimate Warrior, he just yelled about things, and you really had no clue what he was saying. Was Macho Man was the same way. Yes. So Hulk Hogan, I could just say, you know something mean, Gene? We're here to record the podcast this week, and I want to know, brother, are you ready? Can you hear all the what-the-what maniacs out there just ready? They've taken their vitamins that have, that have drank in their coffee, that have gotten ready for the what-the-what the what podcast this week. Oh, brother, I can feel it riving up now. Oh, Ooh, yeah. And the macho man, he says, the cream rises to the top. And I can't, I can't do his voice. The cream and the crap. <laughs> I cannot do his voice. Some people do a really good macho man impression. I cannot do the macho man. I used to man. do it, but it's, um, it's not good so. if you're going to advertise about it. Yeah. I snapped terrible. to a Slim Jim. I've uh, snapped into my fair share of yeah. Slim Jims. 
So they didn't make me slim one bit. No I'm one fat gym. No, now. exactly. I need to get out and do some exercising. I mean, it's a beautiful day, and I, you know we've had some beautiful days this week. It's gonna get cold over the weekend, but um, you know this whole quarantine stuff. I mean, I need to get out and start doing some more walking. You know what I've been doing this so. week? DDP yoga. Nice. It's very relates to our topic today. But I have. I started back up on my diet this week. I'm ruining it with a Dr. Pepper right now. I needed some caffeine. Um, zero sugar. Yeah, I should have got a Coke Zero out of Ricky's fridge instead, but I didn't. But, uh, but yeah, I started back on DDP Yoga this week. I've been doing good, stretching it out, uh, getting the diamond cutter, and then you hulk it out. Oh. You take your diamond cutter, and you lean way back, stretch it out, bring your arms out to the side, and hulk it out. Nice. That's what he says. And then nice. he goes, attention, and you straighten your back up. And breathe, and then you just kind of like jump and get a little loose. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. I'm getting good at it. You, well, that sounds awesome. Well, I say that. I like was like shaking where my muscles were like, stop, lay on the floor, quit. But I didn't. I did not quit. I didn't tap out. Well, today, today we are going to be a world. talking about wrestling our favorite WrestleMania place. moments. Yes. You you want to keep talking over me now, or are you, are you done? Well, just, it worked. It finally, like, I, I've said, in a world so many times, and it hasn't worked since Boy Meets World. It, didn't, it, work, it didn't work then. In a world of the wrestling entertainment, formerly in a world of the wrestling federation, that was also in competition with the world of championship wrestling. I think that was all the world's. At least the major one. There was extreme championship wrestling. That is not a world, though. Because you had World Wrestling Entertainment, World Wrestling Federation, World Championship Wrestling. Yeah, that's true. So all you other folks that are tuning in like, hey, I love listening to these guys talk about their childhood. And then here we are talking about wrestling this week. Sorry. It was part of our childhood. And And the, the, the stats show that wrestling is not one of our more popular topics. That's okay. But that's okay. Not everybody is going to enjoy everything that we talk about. That's true. And I don't. Um, just uh, so if you are tuning in and you're like, Ugh, wrestling. Uh, well, next week we're doing Disney songs, so maybe that'll bring you back. We're back and forth. But um, but maybe if you did listen and you listen to some of the stories, you might enjoy this too, even if you're not a fan. Um, so yeah. But we are excited to talk about one of the premier WWE events today with this episode. Before we do that, and before you log off if you don't like wrestling stuff, uh, please subscribe to this podcast. You should have done this earlier, but we had like eight people watching us on Facebook, and it's uh, now, two. Now we're down to two. Um, please subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Sp- uh, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podbean, Overcast, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, make sure you search for What the What Media, all, all one, one word. word, and please rate and review us. Five stars, just like the matches we're going to be talking about today. Five star matches, five, stars. five star reviews. Yes. Um, also, go ahead and follow us on Twitter at WTW underscore media. Facebook and Instagram can also be found at What the What Media. And if you like this episode, or if you don't like this episode, there's 42 other episodes to choose from. We're coming up close to a year, dude. We're coming up close to 50. That's not a year. Well, 52 would 54. be a year. 52. 52. Yeah. 54. Leap year, 53. No, no, no. That's a day. The day doesn't add an extra week. We're getting old. Days turn into weeks sometimes. No. But um, if you like Keep this episode talking, or forum, <laughs> any of the 42 other episodes of the What the What podcast, uh, please share this. We want to get more listeners. Uh, we're on YouTube. If you see the YouTube link come out, share that. Subscribe there so we can you know, get a custom URL and eventually, you know, eventually maybe even turn that into a paid platform. Who knows? Um, and if you do share it, we will give you a shout-out when we record. On today's episode, 
We are talking about our favorite WWE WrestleMania moments. Mm-hmm. Spoiler warning for today's episode. We are going to be going deep. Deep dive. No, no, we're just going deep. We're going to dive deep. It's gonna, we're going to take a deep dive. We're going to be going deep. All right, then. Taking into account the entire history of the event. So with that in mind, Kyle. Yes. The following podcast is scheduled for one hour. Or, you know, give or Less ta- than that, probably. Give or take. Um, this is our favorite WrestleMania moment, starting with your first entry. My first entry. Oh, we're going to keep talking. We're up to six now. All right. Keep talking, then. People All are right. loving it. This then. one comes from WrestleMania 17. I guarantee our lists are going to be very similar. Not all of them, but uh, but yes. Edge and Christian. Oh, okay, good. Okay. Versus the Dudley Boys. All right, there we go. Versus the Hardy Boys. Yeah. Uh, this was, is it the second time they, they had this match? Uh, it was the second time they had a TLC match, mm-hmm. but the previous WrestleMania, they had a triangle ladder match, which okay. is technically a different match because it was just using ladders, but they also used tables and chairs in that mm-hmm. match. So in a way, that, like, that was like TLC zero. Okay. And then they had TLC one which at, is Summer, no, at no. SummerSlam. In Raleigh, mm-hmm. and then this is TLC two. Okay, well, I'm glad you know these things. That's why we rely heavily on you. Random, useless knowledge. Hey, you're making a podcast with that knowledge right now. It's but, random uh, and it's useless. Go for it. I'm not going to. Is the other one on your list? No. Okay, cool. So the other night, uh, Erica and I last weekend were watching. We got the WWE Network so we could watch WrestleMania this weekend, and in that Saturday, we kind of just spent the day watching wrestling stuff. So, knowing this was coming up, I started watching top WrestleMania moments on there. They have a whole match where they just show you the entire match and back to back to back. And uh, this one was not the first WrestleMania, t- uh, well, I guess tables, ladders, and chairs, but first ladder match in the essence of there's things hanging above the ring and right. ladders. But this is the one that kind of, well, the year previous, they had one that was the triangle ladder match, which mm-hmm. we talked about. Yep. Which is the f- craziest match yes. at first. You know, that you had seen at a WrestleMania or something like that. But then they come back and step it up another notch. Because mm-hmm. I was noticing during that one that all the ladders, for the most part, were the same height. Yes. Uh, there was one, I feel like, out on the ramp that was a little bit taller mm-hmm. uh, that uh, Jeff Hardy did the Swanton bomb yes, off on. onto Bubba Ray Dudley. Yes. An iconic uh, moment there. Yes. So. That one was there, but then they moved forward the next year, and you look, and they've got different size ladders in the rings. They've got, you know, first, knowing the background of it, they said, you know, well, this was a huge hit. This was amazing. Let's go crazier next year. And so this is the year that Jeff Hardy's hanging from the belts up top about to win. Edge climbs this giant ladder. Quit, st- quit staring at my list. Eric's cheating in here, folks. Then he spears him hanging from there, however many feet in the air, mm-hmm. and – I don't know, one of the most iconic things from that match. But, yes, uh, I don't know. It just stood out to me. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's just crazy. It's plus, it's from our time period of watching wrestling, especially like me being a child. I'm a teenager, I guess, at that point. But uh, I don't know. I, I know more about our time period versus previous time periods. I've never gone back right. and watched. But, yeah, that's my number. I don't have any specific order. They're yeah, just I don't have a specific today. order either. Um, these are just moments that stu- stood out to me. Um, so all of my moments are moments that I have I personally watched. Now most of these I watched live. There's one moment that I did not watch live, but uh, ended up seeing like through YouTube like a couple of nights later, or mm-hmm. like, um, or I, I think I ended up buying the DVD and watching it then. Um, but this first moment mm-hmm. uh, is from WrestleMania X7 or 17. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve Austin versus The Rock. 
That was a good one. Uh, this was the first WrestleMania I got to see live. I saw it at a friend's house. Nice. And the entire event was fantastic. You just mentioned the TLC match. There's several moments from that event that I could really point to. Um, the Vince McMahon Shane McMahon match was insane. It was. Um, is that the first time he went from coast to coast? Yes. What what that means, folks, is he climbed the rings or the ropes on one side of the ring up to the top turnbuckle, and then, jumped and then pretty much just a giant drop kick from once from there all the way to the other side of the ring, into a trash can into his, his dad. dad. Yeah, which is who hasn't wanted to yeah, do that exactly. Before. He thought you had family problems, mm-hmm. um, but the story of Steve Austin, who a year and a half prior had to have neck surgery, mm-hmm. okay? And he was the top guy before that neck injury. And then you also have The Rock, who became the top guy after Austin left. They were already kind of battling it out 1A, 1B. They'd already had a mm-hmm. WrestleMania man event two years prior. But The Rock really took off in 2000s. He started getting Saturday Night uh, Live hosting opportunities, television uh, show spots. He started getting movie offers. Um, and this is after Austin had his neck surgery. Um, they were battling it out for the top championship, and it was a culmination of a couple of years of storytelling. Austin, he was telling everyone leading up to this event how badly he needed to be champion. Um, it, there wasn't like a good guy, bad guy vibe here. They were both mm-hmm. considered good guys, like the literally the best, both of them the best top of the game. Mm-hmm. But Austin proved how bad he needed to be champion by selling his soul to the devil himself, Vince McMahon, breaking the hearts of fans around the world by aligning with that his once mortal enemy, McMahon, mm-hmm. Uh, and McMahon hands him a chair. Austin attacks The Rock with a chair, several seven, eight chair shots, mm-hmm. just beats him viciously to pin him and to win the title in his home state. And he ended up becoming a bad guy through that. And it was just a heck of an ending to see McMahon and Austin. That's like the heel turn he needed, though. Toasting each other after three years of them hating each other. Mm-hmm. And that it was the like the most bizarre ending, and you could not wait to see what would happen the next night. Um, that stood out to me. Uh, like I said, it was my first WrestleMania I watched live, and I'm thinking, I don't have cable. I can't watch Raw tomorrow. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do? I mean, like, I was hooked. So uh, my first moment, WrestleMania X7, Steve Austin versus The Rock. Nice. Well, your next moment's also on my list because I was staring at your list while you were talking. Look, you cannot so. tell me not to look at my list or your list and not look. Stop it. Hey, let me get actually flip my page because it wasn't my next moment. But I just was like, well, wait, 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 no, 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 you can't steal my moment. I'm not. We're just going to, we'll share it. WrestleMania 24, Shawn Michaels versus Ric Flair. Give us a little, little background history on that match. I don't want to. Well, that's fine. We'll go ahead and move on. Next what? one, what's yours? <laughs> so, a few months prior to this WrestleMania, Ric Flair. He declared that the next time he lost, that he would retire. And Ric Flair is in his 50s at this point. Mm-hmm. He was not the guy from the 80s and early 90s who was just this world beater. Um, he had clearly lost a step. This was in 2008. And um, eight years removed from his last world championship win, and even that was kind of questionable because that was in the last days of WCW. Um, but he was pulling out wins left and right. And him and Shawn Michaels got paired up for a match at WrestleMania. And Shawn Michaels was a friend. He was an ally. And the story in the match saw Flair pulling out all the stops, but Shawn Michaels was just a little bit ahead of him, just a one step ahead of him. And Michaels, he's in position when he's in the corner. He's tuning up the band. He's getting ready for sweet chin music. Mm-hmm. And Flair, he gets up to his feet, and he's got tears in his eyes. He's got his hands up like he's, you know, he's like an old gunslinger who's, a re- who's just ready to go down to a hell of bullets. Okay, 
and he has got his hands up in that fighting position, and Michaels has a tear in his eyes and says, I'm sorry. I love you, and then bam, super kick to super the face. Kick. Sweet chin music. Um, and he super kicked the greatest of all time, pinned him, and he put the old veteran basically out of his misery. You know, and then rolled in, over and like put his arm around him, mm-hmm. like crying in the ring. Yep. In, I mean, it was super emotional. The next night on Raw, saw legends and allies and uh, enemies from years past all join Flair in the ring as a celebration of his career. It was a great moment. Um, too bad he kind of ruined it when he went to TNA and wrestled then. But um, it's okay. But no one saw that. I didn't see it, but no one saw that. So except for that one thing where he goes back and forth with the yes. other guy. Yes, uh, Jay Lethal. Woo! Jay Lethal. Yes. yes. Um, this was uh, this was a great moment for me. Obviously, a great moment for you. Yes, I feel like for me. I mean, you said it all with that emotion in the end. The match itself was good, but just the end. When Ric Flair, he's always been an amazing character, amazing, you know, he's sure he's got questionable life outside of it. But, like, in the ring, he brings out those emotions in that moment where you really feel that this man is giving his last shot. It's almost like you feel like an older, maybe your grandpa, who's, like, been beat down, but he's, he's standing up still. He's that, he comes from that generation of you're tough and you're going to go down fighting. And he just stands up, and then those tears coming out of his eyes, and he's like, come on, come on. Just fight end me. it. Yeah, come on. Yeah, and then Shawn Michaels does that and says, you know, I'm sorry. I love you, and then did that. Didn't Bailey do that to Charlotte Flair? I believe if you go back and look, Ric Flair's on the outside, and Bailey's on the top rope, and she looks over at Ric Flair and says, I'm sorry. I love you, and then gives Charlotte the elbow drop. I don't remember. You should go back and watch that. I don't that. remember that moment. Um, but there was a nice little touch because um, two years after this match, Shawn Michaels was retired by The Undertaker. Mm -hmm. And Undertaker was going to show Shawn Michaels a little bit of mercy, and he was like, tell him to stay down, Mm -hmm. stay down. And Michaels was getting up kind of like Flair did with Mm -hmm. the the hands, but instead of just kind of accepting his fate, he slaps The Undertaker right across the face Mm -hmm. and then does like the throat slash. And The Undertaker's Mm -hmm. like, oh, no, you didn't. And tombstones him out of his, you know, out of his misery, misery, basically. Um, That was 20 years ago. That was WrestleMania 26, or not 20, 10 years ago. That was WrestleMania 26. We just had WrestleMania 36 mm-hmm. this past weekend. So um, Undertaker still putting fools out of their misery by by AJ Styles. Yes. So uh, I guess the next one will come to my list. Yeah, we're going back to you. Uh, this one takes it way back to WrestleMania 3. I was not Ooh. alive for this, I don't think. No. I, I, I was, was, I was sure. I don't even think. Let's see. I was barely alive for this one. This might have been one of the first WrestleManias I was alive for. But uh, I definitely didn't see it live. Uh but it's one of those iconic moments. You were alive for this. Okay, I was about to say, but you I were didn't like a see month it. year old. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely didn't see it, and it's not one of those things that honestly I remember the match being an amazing match. But you have Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant, and it's one of those just iconic moments. Especially when growing up, you didn't have to see the match; you would just see these clips of where he body slams or power slams Andre the Giant, he picks him up off the ground and throws him down. And I don't think it was the first time it had ever technically happened, but at least on that stage it happened that way the first time. Um, it makes reminds me of the same way Death think Yokozuna at some point. But then mm-hmm. I remember for me, I didn't necessarily see that. I remember watching WCW growing up, and you know you have Andre the or not Andre, but just the Giant Paul White was there. Yes, and it's the same way when somebody picked him up and threw him down. It was just mad, one of those moments yeah. that made you stop. You know, it probably wasn't one of the greatest matches of all time, but this was the greatest moment where it, it's going to always have a flashback moment if they talk about WrestleMania moments. That's the, the, that was the, you know, so like in terms of like wrestling lore, mm-hmm. okay, this is an example of the marketing genius of Vince McMahon. Now, Andre the Giant, 
had been slammed, had been beaten before this, but the story they presented was he's been undefeated for 15 years. He's never been body slammed, mm. even though Hogan himself had body slammed him like three or four years prior. Yeah. I mean, who, who needs to remember all that? But this, you know, WrestleMania 1 was a big deal because they had Mr. T mm-hmm. um, and Hogan teaming up in the main event. But in terms of the first, like, really big singles match at a WrestleMania, this was the top of the heap. This was the, um, I think it was um, the way it was described by commentary, the uh, unmovable object versus the irresistible force. Mm-hmm. Um, who, you know, who would win in that battle? And um, like you said, not the greatest technical wrestling no. match, but in terms of pure spectacle, mm-hmm. um, absolutely one of the most iconic moments to, to the point where we're still talking about it 30 years later. Jonathan Butler says, yo, yo, Jade's watching as well. What's happening? What's up? Uh, so, but yeah, that's one of those things. Same way I talked about my previous one. We we're talking about this craziness with ladders and chairs and everything else. This didn't ex- exist back then, but you're talking about a time period. that's completely different. Same way you didn't have the internet to, or WWE, you know, whatever network. Uh, network that you could just pull up the match. I'm like, oh no, see, he body slammed him here. Like this is one of those things that you pretty much tell you and every, especially if it's not in the past year, you probably don't remember. Unless you're Eric Creech, because you remember all things. I remember all stupid things. So. Yes, next. All right, number so my, my number three, WrestleMania 32. Charlotte defeats Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks to become the new mm-hmm. women's champion, not Divas, Divas champion. champion. Um, women's wrestling in the WWE had always been treated kind of like a joke. Okay, they it really was. They were relied upon. The people weren't, but yeah. just what but they put on TV. They were relied upon more for their looks mm-hmm. and less for what they could bring in the ring. And they had a championship called the Women's Championship years prior, and it was dropped in favor of a Divas Championship. That's mm-hmm. how they were labeling all their women uh, competitors as Divas. And uh, this all changed when they had several great women's wrestlers brought up from the developmental territory in NXT, alongside with several capable women already on the main roster. And they started to change that narrative to give the women a chance to do what the men were doing, mm-hmm. to have long matches to have compelling storylines and not just be relied upon as eye candy. Um, so at WrestleMania 32, Charlotte Flair, who was the current Divas champion, they retired that belt. And they unveiled a new WWE Women's Championship that looked just like the Men's Heavyweight Championship. Mm-hmm. It was just uh, it had a white uh, strap instead of a black strap. But it, was, it looked equal in terms of its, its support. It wasn't a butterfly, no. which was what the Divas Championship mm-hmm. looked like. Um, and Charlotte Flair uh, defeated Sasha Banks, who was accompanied to the ring by Snoop Dogg, in a great entrance. She mm-hmm. had the big SUV or the Escalator or whatever. Um, and Becky Lynch to win that championship in what was the match of the night that night. I mean, thir- WrestleMania 32 was not a great WrestleMania. You had Shane McMahon and The Undertaker doing the stuff in the cell. But uh, it was not a great WrestleMania. But this was the match of the night. And I believe the success of that match led to Ronda Rousey signing with the WWE a couple years later, and along with the rise of Becky Lynch, it was responsible for the women main eventing WrestleMania for the first time a year ago. So um, it's on this list, uh, one of my most important WrestleMania moments, favorite WrestleMania moments, for the importance it has for women's wrestling um, and the significance that it carried years later, three, four years later, that the women are still in positions to main event pay-per-views, main and. I never thought they would ever main event a WrestleMania until last year when I was like, wow, they actually could conceivably do it and it would not feel out of place. Now, 
I don't think we saw that main event because it was so late. And, you know, WrestleMania last year was like seven hours long. But um, I think everyone had gone home by that point. And I think I watched it by myself. But uh, And even then, I think I fell asleep during part of it. Because, again, seven, I think I caught the end of it when I got home. Seven-hour WrestleManias. But still, the point remains. Mm-hmm. Um, they were given the opportunity to close out the biggest show of the year. And I think it would not have happened if not for the success of this match. Well, in, so. in addition to that, the same way when we were watching the WWE Network on Saturday in anticipation for WrestleMania, there were some different things from the 90s and 2000s. Like, they were showing the women and things that they were doing. And Erica kind of looked up and laughed. She's like, what in the world is this? And I was like, that's why we get so excited now about the quality of women's division. Yes. Because this is all that they were allowed to do. This was what they were put on television to do. Yes. They didn't get opportunities like what we're seeing now. And I honestly think that's why I really honestly enjoy the women's division better than I do the men's division at this point. Uh, We've seen some crazy men wrestlers or male wrestlers throughout the years. But we haven't, you know, had this opportunity to see the women do what they do. Um, you can always relate back for the most part if you're watching a male wrestler to, oh, that reminds me of so-and-so or this or that, which is still good. Like, don't yeah. get me wrong, I like it. But for the women's division, to find, it's something new. Like, you didn't get to see them wrestle and act, especially up to the level that they do now. So, I don't know. It's one of my fun favorite things to watch. So, uh, moving next, uh, WrestleMania 10. Okay. Razor Ramon versus Shawn Michaels in the first ladder match. The bad guy. The bad guy. We watched this one the other day as well when we were getting anticipated for this. It was one of those ones I don't know if I'd ever seen the whole match before until the other day. I always knew it was the first. I knew it was like, you know, talked about highly, but I didn't realize like the length of things that went on in that match versus, you know, you see the stuff with the Hardy Boys and everybody else later and everybody talked about how they took it to another level beyond that. But you go back to this match and it's not just some dainty match where they wrestle some and then finally go up a ladder at the end like you know it takes a little bit but finally they bring that ladder into the match and they just full-blown go at it yes Uh, i loved watching that i loved um i don't know just seeing them especially back in that time because i just didn't in your mind you don't think back to that time span and think about oh them using a ladder or being extreme per se that was a more safe television you know time period but to see them what they're doing with this ladder to see Razor Ramon, because I'll be honest, I didn't watch WWF when Razor and Diesel were there. I didn't know that side of them. I knew them as the outsiders outsiders in the NWO when they were on WCW, but I didn't ever see Razor Ramon wrestle. Um, to see him come out, to see Diesel come out with Shawn Michaels at the beginning of the match and get kicked out, uh, just to see the links that that went, uh, I don't know. It really set the, the, the bar and for future matches for a whole different you – know, it made a whole pay-per-view now, later, ladders, tables, and chairs, and everything else or tables, ladders, and chairs for TLC. Uh, but Oh, my. Oh, my. Um, I told Erica during watching this first, you know, because we were watching the other one where the Dudley boys mm-hmm. had the ladder and the table, and he finally was like, Devon, get the table. I was like, that's it. It's like, that's what I've always wanted to tell our pastor, Devon, just get to yell tables. it, like, Devon or get Devon, the table. get <laughs> the tables. Um, we're going to do it one day. I am. And you I, know, I, like when we're setting up for something in the sanctuary after church one day, mm-hmm. we're going to say, hey, Devon, get the table. We're going to shove him. Mm-hmm. And you know, and he probably won't get the reference, and he'd be like, "That's my point." Like, I, I would hope he would get the reference, but I'd be really sad and disappointed though if I yell that and he's like, "Why are you yelling at me?" Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Either way, good stuff. Moving right along. All right. So uh, my number four moment is from WrestleMania. Actually, my last two moments are both from WrestleMania 30. Okay. Um, this was the first WrestleMania on the WWE Network, um, and one of the first WrestleManias I'd seen in years. Um. This is The Undertaker losing the streak. Now, 
Uh, this WrestleMania started with three legends opening up the show. Steve Austin, The Rock, and Hulk, Hulk Hogan trading memories, iconic lines, and they were all kind of joking on the Hulkster on his inability to remember that he was in the New Orleans Superdome, not the Silver Dome, which was in mm-hmm. Michigan, and in fact no longer existing. Um, but it ended, um, it, it, it got to a point, it, this didn't end the show, um, but it had one of the biggest shocks in WrestleMania at the time. Um, and it was the culmination of one of the greatest, uh, and also had one of the culmination of the greatest underdog stories, which we'll talk about in my number five. The Undertaker had never lost at WrestleMania. He had won 21 matches at the show of shows. He had defeated the likes of Shawn Michaels twice, who he uh, retired four years prior. Mm-hmm. Triple H, he'd beat him three times. Kane, twice. Mm-hmm. Randy Orton, Ric Flair, Diesel, CM Punk, and Edge, among other names. Batista, Dave Batista was on that list. Um, and he was facing Brock Lesnar, who had returned to the WWE two years prior after a great MMA UFC career. Lesnar had a so-so comeback to wrestling at that point. He had uh, traded wins with Triple H. He had beaten Cena. I think he had two wins and two losses in his two years. Uh, maybe maybe uh, he had a couple more, but he was only wrestling like on the big shows. And um, he had traded wins with Triple H, and he lost to Cena in his first match back, which... Um, So everyone thought he was just going to be another number in the streak of The Undertaker, who was undefeated. Uh, But during the match, Lesnar hit Undertaker with his finisher, the F5, hit it three times. Three times. And on the third, he successfully pinned the dead man to end the streak for the first time in WrestleMania history. The crowd was silent. They were stunned. But their jaws were dropped. Their Mm -hmm. eyes were Literally memes created through that one moment. Uh, announcers were stunned. Paul Heyman, Lesnar's manager, had a look of disbelieving glee on his face, like, I can't believe it. Lesnar's music, usually when someone wins, their music plays immediately after. Mm -hmm. His music didn't play. Like, the sound guy was so, like, it wasn't supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. Like, the sound guy, you know, wasn't expecting it, so he didn't play the music. And then finally, after what seemed to be an eternity, but was really only like a minute or so, uh, a 21-in-1 graphic went up on the screen, um, on the Titantron. And it confirmed what everyone thought would never happen, that the immortal Undertaker had lost at WrestleMania. He did. So, uh, Do you think that Brock Lesnar was the one that should have done it? Yes. Okay. Um, and here's why. Okay. Um, that was six years ago. Based off that, he was able to have uh, a run with the championship. Um, now, I don't like him. I think you, know, you need to have a full-time person there to be your champion. But in terms of the the draw that he uh, that they think he is. Um, and I don't know if he's that big of a draw or not, but in terms of the legitimacy he brings to, you know, to what he has, um, for the first few years, I was like, heck yeah. I mean, he destroyed John Cena at SummerSlam later that year. Um, the only way they got the belt off of him was uh, Seth Rollins cashing in and pinning Roman Reigns the year, at, year later. Um, I thought it was great. Now, six years later, he's probably – been around way too, too too long, in my opinion. But he's um, not a champion anymore. But he's not. He's not champion anymore. But um, I figured if you, I thought for years that whoever beat the Undertaker needed to ha- like make their name off of it. Mm-hmm. But then, in my opinion, you know, in hindsight, that that person was going to be doomed to fail because they would never be able to live up to the legacy of the Undertaker. So give it to someone who has some legitimacy behind it. And that's Lesnar. He has that the he has the legitimate MMA background where you know he could legitimately beat the crap out of somebody. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if he doesn't work out, I mean, guess what? I mean, 
it might not have worked out with someone else, but with him, you have that legitimate background behind him to prop him up in case, you know, the the idea of him beating Undertaker doesn't work. But I think that propelled him forward, and it propelled WWE storylines forward. For That's true, and I'll give it that to the point that I don't really care for Brock Lesnar at all, but watching, I don't remember which pay-per-view it was. We watched at your house in the past couple of years, but when he fought Daniel Bryant. Yes. Or Daniel Bryan, but he fought him. And there was a part of me that was like, stop the match. Mm-hmm. Like, he's going to kill this man. Yes. And it's not like storyline. It's like, no, he's broken. He's gone too far. Mm-hmm. He's going to kill this man. Yes. Stop the match. He's yes. broke his neck before. He's come back from a neck injury. He's going to break his neck. By the way, he's throwing him across the ring. Um, I, it, I don't know. It, it pulled me in in a way that wrestling hadn't done in a very long time. So I will give it that much credit that, yes, he – he has he brings an uh, stuff an, to back an aura of legitimacy to everything he does. That's true. Now, now whether you enjoy watching that or not, mm-hmm. your mileage may vary. There are some things you know. I think with the right person in the ring with him, yeah, I can get on board. Especially like a smaller guy where mm-hmm. you have this underdog story. Um, now you put him in the ring with like Braun Strowman or Roman Reigns, two bigger guys who can't move as fast, and all it is them just trading punches and super. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just not as fun. That's true. Same. What's your uh, last moment on your list? My last one, WrestleMania 13. Uh, we've got Brett, the Hitman Hart, versus Steve Austin mm-hmm. in a no-DQ match. Uh, I remember this scene. It was actually an I quit match. Well, that's true. Excuse it was me. no disqualifications at all. Right. But you had to say I quit. You had to give up you know, or tap out or give in. Or be submitted, basically. Yes. yes. Um, I think it was. You couldn't be yeah. pinned, yes, pretty much. You couldn't be pinned. You had to just, you had to quit. Uh and I remember this because I feel I could be wrong, and I, I just remember seeing the clip over and over. And I don't know if it was something they played at the beginning of Raw on weekends, like yes, as part of the promo, like yes. when it's coming. This was in. the intro to Raw for years. Okay, so that's why it stood out in my head so much. It's where Bret Hart has Stone Cold in the Sharpshooter. Why am I the thorn yeah. in your eye? And he's got blood pouring down his face, and he's like reaching out, like for help, like not even like begging for help, but just in so much pain. That's what you got. That was the image you got when you were getting prepared to watch wrestling every week. So I didn't see this live. Honestly, I didn't see a, a WrestleMania live at all until I started watching them at your house. Nice. Uh, pay-per-views in general. We didn't ever They were see too expensive. Yeah, we never did pay-per-view growing up. Uh, so seeing it at your house was They're the first time. They're still too expensive. Well, that's mean, true. But like for me, I don't know. That was the thing. And then the way the match ended is it's not he didn't tap out. He didn't say, I quit. He literally passed out. And to the point that uh, Ken Shamrock, who was the special guest referee that night, looked at him and was like, can you continue? And, like, he's just out. Yeah. I thought that was a great way to end it. It's not a matter of, you know, he hey. Did, he didn't quit, but he, he, you know, he lost to the better man, but he did not give up. No, he fought until he could no longer, he physically, like, his body gave out on him. So, um, for me, I don't know, it was just something cool to see. And plus, like I say. Literally the only up, match worth watching from that show. Well, see, I have no clue what else happened on that show. So, well, the Rock, you know the Rock was known as Rocky Maivia at mm-hmm. the time. He was the Intercontinental Champion, and he faced Rikishi. But he, Rikishi wasn't Rikishi; mm-hmm. he was the Sultan. Mm-hmm. It was so bad. Anyway, so don't go back and watch. Don't that one. watch this match, but, but not the rest. but not the rest of the show. My goodness, it's awful. All right, what you got? Uh, my last one also comes from WrestleMania 30. Um, Daniel Bryan becoming the champion. Um, the the night um, of WrestleMania 30. You know, the best WrestleManias culminate in the end of some stories that have been told over several months or even mm-hmm. years. Um, Brian, Daniel Bryan had earned the fans, like, goodwill and support 
through years of hard work, like he was just, you know, he was undersized. He was a submission wrestler. Uh, he had won the championship at SummerSlam in 2013. He beat John Cena clean. You know, John Cena was the golden boy, and he mm. beat him clean. Triple H was the guest referee. Um, and then as soon as he won the title, Triple H turned on him, gave him the pedigree, the uh, Triple H's finisher, called Randy Orton down there. Randy Orton was the money in the bank briefcase holder, which meant he had a title shot that he could cash in at any point through that year. Orton cashed in the title and then stole the title off of Daniel Bryan. So, like, the next month, Daniel Bryan beat Orton again, but, you know, he ended up getting disqualified or, like, the title was held up because the referee or someone's foot was under the rope or whatever. It mm-hmm. was, like, Daniel Bryan just kept getting denied his moment. And rumors were kind of coming out that the management of the WWE didn't really see Daniel Bryan as an A-plus player. They thought he was a B-plus player. You know, he wasn't the guy that you built a company around. He wasn't the guy that you marketed. Well, so he's a like, smaller dude when you compare him to oh, the yeah, people he's wrestling. Yeah, he's, he's a smaller dude. Like, to the point where, you know, so Daniel Bryan had the yes chance where the, mm-hmm. he would just point up to the guy and everyone would go, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. They tried giving that to the Big Show. Like, Big Show who actually stole the chant. Mm-hmm. And, like, when Big Show was facing Orton, uh, like, at Survivor Series, like try, and the fans turned on it immediately. They kind of shuffled Daniel Bryan down through the lower part of the card. Mm-hmm. Um, the WWE had like big things in mind for WrestleMania that year. They brought back Dave Batista, who uh, was a wrestler um, who'd wrestled with them in, th- in the 2000s. He went off to do a movie career. He was going to be in the Guardians of the Galaxy movie later that summer. Um, so his career hadn't really taken off yet, but he was on the cusp, and he wanted to come back and do a few things in wrestling before uh, his movie career took off. So they brought him back for the Royal Rumble. He won the Royal Rumble, and the fans booed the mess out of it. They hated it because they wanted Daniel Bryan to win the Rumble. They wanted Daniel Bryan to get his shot. And then the idea of watching Randy Orton, who, honestly, I've been bored by before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave Bautista, who I like, but he really needs, like, the best, like, ring partner to be entertaining to me. Um, and especially as a good guy, he's not even a good, good guy. He's a really great mm-hmm. bad guy. Um, but th- that was your WrestleMania main event, Orton versus Batista, And the fans like, really revolted. Every time they would see uh, Batista Orton, they'd boo the mess out of him. Anytime they see Triple H or anyone who was not Daniel Bryan, they would boo it merciful. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, it was awful. To the point where the WWE was kind of in a quandary. They got their biggest show, the 30th WrestleMania, the, one of the big, like, landmarks. And they had the prospect of um, their main event being booed out of the building in front of 70,000 fans. So, um, they allowed Daniel Bryan, they brought him in, they said, okay, you're going to face Triple H in the opening match, and the winner of that match will join these two um, in the main event for the title. Hmm. So, in the opening match, Daniel Bryan beats Triple H with the knee plus, not Mm -hmm. the B plus, the knee plus, like little play on words Mm -hmm. there, pins Triple H, who was, you know, he's married to the boss's daughter, he's like uh, legitimately in management in WWE now. Um, so he, he got pinned clean in the first match and then submitted Dave Batista in the main event to win the championship. And the show ended with the thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of fans doing the yes chant while he holds up both of those title belts up to the crowd. Um, his reign uh, ended a, like a month later or two months later where he had a neck injury and he had to vacate the title. But for one night, Daniel Bryan was on top of the world and it was magical. It was the, one of the greatest understo- underdog stories that you can see. It's one of the reasons wrestling can be great at points. Um, just one of the classic uh, stories told here 
the guy that no one believed in, no one thought could do it, he ends up as champion at the greatest um, at the show of shows at one of the greatest shows of all time. So the cool thing about that too is I wasn't watching wrestling at the time, uh, but some of my friends were. Uh, John Parker, Jarrett Parker, uh, DJ Stance, they were watching and they were publicly like on Facebook every night, either on Raw or SmackDown or events. They loved Daniel Bryan. I think it was DJ especially, but uh, I remember constantly seeing this. I was like, who is that guy? I don't know anything about him. But he kept talking to, you know, every week. I could keep up with what was going on with Daniel Bryan just because of the fact of them being so frustrated with what WWE was doing and not giving him the character he or the time he deserved. Uh, and the, like you say, the fans turned on everything else because they loved him. They wanted him to win. And I remember, like I think it was after the Royal Rumbles you were talking about, th- like them taking to Facebook, just letting it all out, being so upset, mm-hmm. being like, you know, give this man his time, give him his chance because he deserves it. Everybody wants it except for you people in the management that have no clue what you're doing. Like the crazy thing is like, so like a month after that Royal Rumble, the WWE Network was rolling out for the first time. Mm-hmm. And people were threatening not to not to buy it. Sure, like they were threatening, like you know what? Hit them in their pockets. We're not going to buy this thing. I know it's ten dollars a month and it's got every wrestling pay per view we'd ever want, but we're not going to buy it. You know, having none of that. And um, so you know, the fear of losing out on money. I guess I don't know. So, um, I've got some social media shout outs. Go for it. Um, from Twitter, I don't know if we've got any from Facebook or Instagram, but I actually put this out last week because you know I was trying to stay ahead of the curve. Um, and I put it out there, and uh, I got a few responses. This is from uh, my buddy Chris Alt, who is under the uh, Twitter name Nacho So Spicy, hmm. um, and his name now is Social Distancing Warrior. That's a good one. Yes, uh, he says that his five favorite moments would be Daniel Bryan's big moment at thirty, Austin's heel turn at seventeen, mm-hmm. Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth reuniting at WrestleMania seven, mm-hmm. which is a great moment. Uh, the Hart Austin double turn at thirteen. And even though he doesn't like Ronda Rousey, the women getting the main event at 35. For sure. Um, this is uh, from my buddy Mike um, at MDWDW. I'm DFW. MDWDFW. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't write his Twitter name down. Um, he says Andre's entrance at WrestleMania 3. Jesse Ventura saying this is the biggest match in the history of professional wrestling. And then Hulk's exit. Um, Jesse Ventura saying, I believe Hulkamania will live forever. Um, Randy um, Savage's redemption, Gorilla Monsoon, what a woman and what a man. Mm-hmm. I mean, just a great moment there. Um, Brett, Brett Hart's breaking moment at uh, WrestleMania 13, Jim Ross. Listen to the chorus of booze directed at Brett Hart. Uh, Austin's homecoming at WrestleMania 17. The challenger from Victoria, Texas, weighing 252 pounds, Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's Howard Finkel. Mm-hmm. And then... Hulk Salvation. This is the moment we didn't talk about. Uh, Hulk versus Rock at WrestleMania 18. It was very close to my list. It, it was very close on mine, too. What you gonna do, Rock? Jerry Lawler screaming mm-hmm. that out whenever the fans just turn on the Rock and they're cheering for Hogan, who's the bad guy here, um, just kind of reliving their childhood in that moment. What's well, one of those matches? You're not interrupted, not take a lot of time, but I remember this almost being like a dream match yes. from you have these guys you've been watching forever on WCW, and then you have the Rock and all these other younger guys doing what they're doing. And it's things you would make up characters on a video game to play. Um, so I don't know. It was just cool to see that. And then the cool to see the respect at the end of that, to see Hulk have his moments, but then the respect he showed the rock at the end of that match as well. Um, my buddy Corey Harris, uh, Tyson, Tyson, Tyson. Mm. And um, that was uh, uh, Mike Tyson knocking out mm. Shawn Michaels uh, at WrestleMania 14. Um, he, he was the, the special enforcer for the Austin mm-hmm. um, 
Michaels uh, WWE Championship match, and then Tech Shark three hundred uh, listed Shawn Michaels versus Flair uh, at twenty four, and Andre versus Hogan at WrestleMania three. So. Um, if you can pull up Instagram, I know we had one. Uh, the one I saw on Facebook was Chris Rode, who said he's never seen a he, WrestleMania. I've never seen a WrestleMania. So that was Chris's comment. He at least got his name mentioned on the podcast today. Uh, but it is one of those things that, like I said, I didn't either growing up until I started hanging out with you. So, all right, pulling up the uh, the gram. Um, for some reason, when we record podcasts, people really like to text me. You're a popular guy. Um, only, but, on, but only during this 45 though, to an hour, um, 45 minutes to an hour, though. Well, while you finish pulling that up, I will say uh, I had an honorable mention from this past weekend's WrestleMania. Uh, it's not necessarily that the match was great, but Braun Strowman is now the champion. Yeah. And it's something him. I've wanted for a long time. And yeah, so it was they're great. About, they're him. about three years too late on it. But I think he's still got time. Yeah. Uh, it still was not the height, you know, or the way he probably they would have planned it best. But I'm glad he got it. Yeah. And uh, honestly, the Undertaker and AJ Styles, the way they did it is just at a completely new way for them to do matches. I, I went back and watched just that one match mm-hmm. um, from night one. I really, really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. The Firehouse, uh, the Firefly Funhouse match with Bray White and Cena from the second night mm-hmm. was incredible to watch too. For I me. love the way they they filmed both of those. Yes. But uh, but yes, proceed um, on. Emma underscore R underscore Kimber, the crazy KO match. I guess that's Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens was so good. But after looking forward to the Firefly Funhouse match for a while, it's impossible to say that it wasn't my favorite moment. So it was, and I will say, like I say, the Kevin Owens fight uh, was really good. I uh, hadn't seen wrestling a little bit, so mm-hmm. Seth Rollins being like the Messiah now, it's yeah. his own character. Yeah, uh, I he's, he's better Kevin, as a bad guy. So. Yeah, I liked how what Kevin Owens did with that match, and the same way, like um, I think I saw it online. You either hated or you loved the whole Undertaker and AJ Styles. It's Salsen. very d- um, divisive, but um, I saw I, somebody said, I you know, put it. that out weekly. I would love to see. I, a I show. would want to see it weekly. But, but, I don't know, but an annual thing where you, they yeah. said they'd love to see the Undertaker just take on different people, like yeah, do an episode just, of that. Yeah, basically, like an old western type thing. Yeah, so. a TV show more based that versus wrestling. So. All right, friends, we hope you enjoyed this discussion as much as we did. That you're as pumped as we are for the rest of this journey into pop culture and nostalgia. Next week. Next week. We are diving into the world of Disney songs. I can show you the world. Because you ain't never had a friend, never had a friend. You ain't never had a friend, never had a friend. Until next time, stay as cool as the other side of the pillow. We'll see you next week on the What The What Show. Bye.